Don't forget, I want a great homeloan.com. Don Carricker and his team of Carrickers. We got Anthony and Alex over there for all your home loan needs. Uh, you see the interest rates going up, and for a lot of folks, you just put the brakes on whether or not you're going to uh, maybe purchase that new home, whether it's a rental property or something that you're going to move into, downsizing, upsizing. You want to move out of the city, into the country, whatever it may be. Don't decide to not do it because of what's going on with interest rates without first talking with one of the characters at IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com because depending on your circumstances, this may be the right time for you. They'll give you all the information based on your specific circumstance, and then you can make that decision yourself. As they say, you know, you, you may marry the house, but you're just dating the interest rate because those things change. And, and you know, if you lock something in now and, and interest rates do drop over time, then you can uh, refinance and, and uh, you know, end up with that lower interest rate. But these are all the sorts of uh, information that you can get from Don Carricker and his team. I want a great home loan.com because you do. Uh, don't forget, we got the Friday Road Show coming up Friday morning, as we do every Friday from Scramblers, sponsored by Affordable Towing. Doors open at 6 o'clock as we broadcast live. Jason Ryman now with the latest news update. Murder charges have been filed in the shooting death of a teenager. 18 year old Kimon Brown from Springfield is charged with shooting Jaden Falls in the head. That shooting happened in July near a convenience store on South Scenic. Springfield police are investigating a suspicious death. Police were called to a home Tuesday in the 1800 block of North Lone Pine. Police have not identified the victim or said how the person died. A St. Louis jury has ruled Ford Motor Company and other companies must pay $6 million to a Missouri family over claims that a woman's death was caused by asbestos exposure including from dust generated during brake repairs. Linda Bailing from Springfield died from mesothelioma in 2019. Her family's lawsuit cited years of work by Bailing and her husband at manufacturing companies in the Springfield area. A hiker who went missing along the Buffalo National River has been found. 67-year-old Clinton Smith of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, was found near the river about two and a half miles from the trail. He was reported missing after hiking the trail in Newton County, Arkansas. Crews say he has no significant injuries. That's Chris Maslin reporting. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 104.1. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work. Sunny 75 for a high today. Tonight mostly clear down to 54. Tomorrow, much like today, sunny. A little warmer, 77, than a 60% chance of some rain on Friday with a high of 75. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Two of our most popular reoccurring events, uh, one of which we haven't done for several months since this summer, Happy Hour, and another one we haven't done for a couple years that people still inquire about, Lunch Bunch. When is Lunch Bunch coming back? And uh, we're very, very happy to announce that they are both coming back, and they're going to be at the same location. So there's a great ease of, of, uh, of um, 
you know, remembering because uh, it's the same place. And we've been talking about Retro Metro and how excited we are to be there. We will be there for happy hour this Friday, 4 to 6. And then we're going to be starting a lunch bunch. We're taking registrations now. Tiny, uh, owner of the establishment, is here with us this morning. I appreciate coming in. Is this early for Absolutely. you? Absolutely not. Well, it's You're not about... a breakfast place, so. <laughs> no, no, not a breakfast place until Sunday. And then we're kind of a brunch place. But, yeah, we're always up this early. Well, it, we, we were talking uh, off air, and uh, you do some television stuff and i was saying this is probably going to be much easier because when you do these television shots you're preparing food you're showing and i've always thought that's got to be a very difficult thing to do in such a short period of time it is um you know we you basically get a dish that you know takes you about 30 minutes to execute and you have three and a half minutes to do it so this will be a lot easier i can talk about a dish in less than three and a half minutes (laughs) so Well, let's talk a bit about Retro Metro. One of the things that I've enjoyed is we've talked to people uh, and and said, hey, we're going to start doing Lunch Bunch and Happy Hour there, is that there are some people in like, oh, Retro Metro, where is that? Which I love because that means that we're going to be introducing people to you that maybe haven't been familiar sure. uh, with you. We have so many establishments in Springfield, in the Springfield area, uh, which is one of the reasons that it's taken us a while. We'll start talking about Lunch Bunch here. Um, to find the right place because we are pretty particular. We want to find a place that is um, suitable for both, you know, the establishment and us, and uh, a place that's going to be kind of a treat for lunch, not just sure. food. But in Retro Metro, Jeremy and I had uh, been there on several occasions, meeting clients there, and I always thought, man, this would be such a fantastic place. If you would tell people a little bit about the history of Retro Metro, the story sure. behind it. Well, we're located at 2150 West Republic Road, so we're in the Majors Crossing Shopping Center on Cox and uh, Republic Road, which, uh, truth be known, that area is growing so much, and being Southwest Springfield proud, we are really excited to be there. And uh, so Retro Metro, obviously Metropolitan Grill started in 1994. Uh, Fred Coco opened up a restaurant in the old Spaghetti Reds location where Avanzari is now. And um, then in 2001, it moved to Battlefield. Pat Duran bought it in 2006, and we, uh, we started working for Pat in uh, mid-2000s. So I started there in 2006. My wife followed in 2008. And I left at the end of 2010. She was there until about 2015. And then we moved to Kansas City. So we kind of went up there. We had restaurant jobs up there. We came back. Uh, Pat approached us during the pandemic about opening up a retro metro in his taco location there on Republic Road. Made sense. I said, couldn't do it without us. I mean, we are old metro crew. So um, we we have a lot of friends that have worked at metro since 94. So <laughs> You know, we've, we've got a pretty good handle on the retro metro mm-hmm. mystique. So we're a greatest hits album, basically. Okay. Uh, we rotate all of the greatest dishes from Metropolitan mm-hmm. Grill history throughout the menus. We also uh, create new instant classics, we call them. So my wife and I, we cook things the, the metro way. They're very rich, very hearty, mm-hmm. very classical dishes. Um, a lot of Julia Child in these. We, we don't shy away from the butter. Uh, we do have healthy options, but... Um, we, that's kind of the big difference is the amount of butter content that we use in our dish <laughs> kind of shows the love. I've had, I think, is it called Nana Stroganoff? Is that? The Nanny Stroganoff. Nanny, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. It's a great it dish. Is so delicious. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love beef stroganoff? Yeah. You know? Well, especially well, this. at least beef stroganoff that tastes better than hamburger helper beef uh, stroganoff. Yeah. So. Slightly so. Slightly <laughs> so. What are some of the favorites? So, well, obviously, flash-fried spinach. I mean, you can't go away from that. That's one of the originals. Uh, the cocoa pasta 
another one of the original dishes, uh, the yokum appetizer, which is the beef tips and the balsamic apricot mm. glaze with the Provel cheese bread. We also, um, probably the number one seller on the menu right now is going to be our ribeye. Our, our beef is all show me beef. We're very proud of that. Uh, we, we provide show me beef on our menu throughout fillets, ribeyes, strips. Um, it's just a great program, supports local beef ranchers and, and cattle ranchers. Um, you could literally be driving down I-44 and look into the yeah. pasture and say, man, that might be on my next plate at Retro Metro. So. All right, you guys, six days, seven days a week? We are we are six mm-hmm. right now, so we're Tuesday through Friday. Got it. Lunch and dinner. Uh, we open at 11 for lunch. We go all the way until 10 p.m. Uh, dinner starts at 4. Uh, we can do dinner menu anytime. I just say that because we usually don't throw the baked potatoes right. in until about 3 p.m. Got it. <laughs> but uh, then Saturday is just dinner only, and Sunday is brunch 10 to 2. Do you all, I mean, this is you and your wife, this is what you do. When you're at home, do you cook this same way? Do you take leftovers home, or do you? <laughs> are you sandwiches? I'm always curious about because it's your profession, your passion, but right. what's it like at home? Well, I mean, pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we still, we, we cook from scratch even at home. You know, it's just kind of second nature. We do um, provide a little bit of shortcut stuff for sometimes. Mm. We might bring things from the restaurant, like little starters or something right. to kind of Help us build something quick. Uh, we try to we, we try to keep it to about twenty minute thirty minute meals at home, you know. And and at nighttime it's uh it's a little bit trickier. But mostly on the weekends is when we we get to cut loose at home on Sunday afternoons, Mondays. And my wife and I will cut loose and we'll make something special. So we're talking with Tiny, the owner and chef yeah. of uh, Retro Metro, our new lunch bunch location, which is actually why we approached you but then we began talking also about happy hour and and we had not done that since this summer and so starting this friday and we'll always announce we do it about once a month or so but this friday will be our first from four to six happy hour and uh you you all have a bar in there and yes we do yes we feature a lot of good classic cocktails craft beers we have four by four beer on tap Uh, local breweries are kind of what i like to feature um, especially local breweries that aren't on our side of town that are, mm. you know, on the east side of town, kind of give Southwest Springfield another place to go yeah. for those drinks. Uh, we have an excellent wine selection. It's kind of what we're known for is wine and cocktails. I was going to say, I know that it seems like every time I'm there, there's a wine tasting going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So last night we had our grand opening, uh, kickoff party and, uh, we had a DJ, we had wine tasting in the side room, little app buffet, uh, we are featuring a special on the cocoa pasta and flash fried spinach all week, so okay. people can come in and get a full flash fried spinach for ten bucks this week, and a full cocoa pasta for fifteen bucks because those were the nineteen ninety four prices of those dishes. Oh, nice! Yeah. All yeah. right, uh, all right, and again, people can go to get registered for Lunch Bunch, and if, if they're not familiar with the way this works, you get registered, and and if your name's drawn, we'll contact you. Then you and uh, up to five of your friends' coworkers will meet Sarah and me for lunch over there. And we'll you know give uh, folks a heads up usually a couple weeks in advance instead of calling. Hope you're free for lunch today. <laughs> Hope you can get away and gather up a bunch of your friends. So uh, folks will get a heads up on that. And then, but we'd love for you to come by happy hour four to six. Uh, those who have been to happy hour before, they know how it works. It, it's a lot of times people show up and they're like, we've heard you talk about this, but now what do we do? Like we just hang out. It really is no different than it's a Friday and you have a friend text you say, hey. Uh, a bunch of us are, you know, on the way home, stopping at Retro Metro to have a drink. Why don't you join us? That's what we're doing. 
And yeah. if people want to eat, they can do that too. We look forward to it. We really do. I yeah. think it's going to be fun. Well, hopefully we'll get uh, a good turnout. It, it's the first one in a while, so it'll be good uh, to see people. Plus, it's the last get-together we'll have before uh, the midterm election, so people can always, yes. if they want, talk politics, but certainly don't have to. Yeah, I mean, we don't shy away from that in the bar. You know, usually bars have that rule. Right. <laughs> no religion, no politics, <laughs> yeah. but... We, we really don't care. You know, everybody's awesome. money spends the same. So, <laughs> uh, Anything else you want people to know? Uh, you know, pretty much uh, happy hour all week goes from Tuesday through Friday, 2 to 6. So, you know, not it's nice to have your happy hour kind of. At the same end, time, yeah. Yeah, end, end the week once a month and, uh, you know, get some people in there for some good conversation. But we do 2 to 6 happy hour uh, Tuesday through Friday. We've got some little $8 bites. We have half price uh, buy the glass wine. Perfect. And uh, half price drafts too. So. Awesome, that's great. Well, love it, love the partnership. I really, really appreciate uh, the fact that you all are doing this. And of course, selfishly, it's a chance for me to get to chat with listeners. I don't get to do that in a casual setting that often. And, and hopefully, we'll bring some new people in, and uh, they'll have a new favorite place to go, either for drinks or for lunch or dinner at Retro Metro. Yeah, it'll be good to chat about the content of the show because you know, yeah. as I told you earlier, I became a, a new listener and new so fan. So already, it's working in my reaching favor. Ears. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Tiny Retro Metro. Look forward to seeing you on Friday. Absolutely. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Your voice is needed. The American people have to pull their heads out of their keisters. Now more than ever. And start thinking like responsible Americans. Springfield's Talk 1041. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. A little more like mercy. A little more like grace. A little more like Springfield's Talk 1041. My name is Nick Reed. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. A sunny day, 75 for the high. Mostly clear tonight down to 54. Sunny, 77 tomorrow. Uh, Maintaining those warmer temperatures for Friday with a high of 75, though there is a 60% chance of rain. And then cooler on Saturday. Slight chance of rain and a high of only 58. Uh, We've had numerous conversations and guests on when it comes to, obviously, a number of issues. We've got elections coming up on Tuesday. A lot of focus, obviously, on elected officials, people wanting to be elected officials. We do have sample ballots up, sponsored by Brad Pistole, Safe Money Radio at ksgf.com. And and, uh, we uh, have uh, a return guest in, Mitchell Jenkins, and this is regarding the Galloway vote, the people in Springfield. You don't have to live specifically in that exact area, but anyone in Springfield will have a vote on this, and, and it deals with development. And of course, there's a great deal of background on this, but we wanted uh, Mitchell to come in again and um, you know, give uh, your your sell, if you will, why it is you want people to vote the way that you do. And then I know uh, there's uh, you've got a number of people that are also backing this. I, I've seen a lot of that, and uh, we'll, we'll chat with one of those individuals as well. Um, but uh, if you would, just the the your, your overall elevator pitch, I suppose, to start off on this. Yeah, well, thanks for having me this morning. Um, you know, I guess I'll just start by oh. saying, at first glance, people think that they're really just voting on whether, you know, my wife Amanda and I's development across from Sequoia Park will be able to, you know, proceed. But really fundamentally, and the reason why so many people are endorsing and asking the citizens of Springfield to vote yes, is that we are voting for the future of job creation and housing in Springfield. We're voting on something that is going to set a precedent that if people vote yes, the door for business in Springfield will remain open. If 
God forbid you lose your job, the good news is people are still going to want to invest in Springfield and you should be able to find a job. If God forbid you no longer are able to afford your apartment or your home, there will be housing for you. Because at the end of the day, if people vote no, this will set a precedent for this referendum process to be used to stop other developments moving forward. And we're already seeing so many jobs in housing uh, going to Republic, Nixa, Ozark, Northwest Arkansas. That is only going to continue if people vote no. So we're asking people to vote yes so that people continue to want to invest in our community. Uh, I'll let you, if, if this is a convenient time, um, not in studio but on the line, introduce Scott and, and his role in this. Yeah, so Scott is the treasurer of, of Springfield United. That's the uh, political action committee that was created uh, asking the citizens to vote yes. Scott um, was a uh, city council member for a number of years, local business owner, entrepreneur, professional baseball player, and a huge advocate for the citizens voting yes. And so, Scott, thanks for joining us this morning, and I'll let you just kind of um, share a little bit of your thoughts. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I've known Mitch and Amanda, the, the two potential developers of this property, for since they were in high school, and, and they're the kind of youth that Springfield needs to keep. And... Um, and I don't know how this went from city council and planning and zoning to a vote of the people. Um, It's a terrible precedent. Um, It will kill development in Springfield. So it's not just about Galloway, which I love this project, and I think it will add to Galloway, a place that I go to weekly to shop, to eat, to walk, uh, to go to Sequoia. This is a cool addition and it boils down to me and I know you have another guest coming on at eight and I hope she's listening. She has taken her home and her private business where she runs her business in Galloway. And she has just decided she wants no one else in Galloway. Um, She has what she needs out of Galloway and now She's trying to stop anyone else from having their business in Galloway. She's also made comments that she doesn't want those apartment kind of people living in her neighborhood, um, which is disturbing. And she can clarify that, but but she said it. Um, She means it. And I'm just really, I hope everyone in Springfield knows this is more than... um, a planning and zoning issue. This is this is why um, Al Higdon and Cliff Smart and Rob Fulp have all supported this because it's about jobs and it's about development. And if Springfield wants to go backwards 50 years, you know, a, a no vote will do that. So vote yes. I mean, there's really no other option. And um, this lady that has rallied a few people in Galloway around not wanting anything next to her business, like, okay, I got what I need. Now everything else stops. And for me, that's what it is. And that's why I've done everything I can to get the word out. Please vote yes on question one. Yeah. And and I'll know just so there's no uh, confusion, people listening, we don't have anybody booked. I'm not sure 
seems to be some confusion there, at least that I'm aware of uh, in the eight o'clock hour on this. But that that being said, I, I know one of the back and forths uh, that I, I have heard expressed and seen on social media is, is uh, you all noting that, well, we've worked with them. The other side's like, well, not really. Um, what do you say to the claims of those who say that they felt like that you, that when you're saying that, it's a misrepresentation of what happened? Uh, to put it simply, they're lying. We've had four neighborhood meetings. The city only requires one. Our original plan, uh, we initially had three acres under contract, ended up uh, getting a fourth acre under contract because one of the buildings on the three acres actually sat on the adjoining property owner's property. So that's one of the main reasons why this area was blighted. There's all kinds of platting issues, infrastructure, you name it, uh, blighted buildings, dilapidated buildings that are almost falling down. Um, But that original plan, once we got the fourth acre under contract, we were going to clear the site of all the buildings and trees. We had fifteen to 20,000 square feet of retail and office. We had over 140 units of residential. Um, Through those three neighborhood meetings in 2018, over, you know, probably a dozen neighborhood meetings during an administrative delay in 2019, and then an additional two meetings in uh, 2020, we reduced the density of that development by 30%. So now we have 90 units of residential. We have eight or 9,000 square feet of retail office, which is half of the retail office that we had previously. We're keeping and preserving four buildings that we originally were not keeping, we're keeping over 100 mature trees. We've got a raised crosswalk that wasn't in the original plan. We're t- putting in a turn lane uh, into the development and making infrastructure improvements. We're helping with stormwater by improving the size of the culvert underneath Lone Pine. And so their claims that we haven't worked with them, they're baseless. And it just sounds really good if you're running a campaign. Um, you know, They're also telling people to vote no if they care about preservation of buildings and trees. That's simply uh, inaccurate. Lane Hutton, who's the chair of the the Springfield Landmarks Board, is asking, and and we had a press release where he's asking the citizens to vote yes. If you vote yes, there's certainty that we are going to preserve those buildings. There's certainty that we're going to keep over 100 mature trees. If you vote no, the zoning goes back to what it was, and, and there's no protections on those buildings or those trees. Uh, and and then again, as people, they go and uh, they're going to be voting. Obviously, anyone in Springfield will will be voting on this. Just final thoughts. I mean, I know both sides are out there, really trying to get as much information as possible. And and like you note, there's more at stake here than just this development itself. So it can be confusing for people. Um, what what is it you just really want them to know that final message and then uh, also Scott if if you have any final thoughts as well for people when they're trying to decide which way to vote on this issue yeah so i think on on the topic nick of the precedent this sets and the kind of the ripple effect and broader ramifications you know the the, the galloway village neighborhood association is going to tell you that this doesn't set a precedent that this is just about one rezoning but this is going to happen over and over and over again if people vote no and so ultimately uh east lake ohio is a suburb of cleveland ohio mayor dennis morley has issued a press release uh, a couple of weeks ago imploring citizens of Springfield to vote yes to not follow their cautionary tale because back in the late 1970s, they changed their city charter to allow this referendum process to put rezonings to a public vote. Since then, their population has decreased 20%. They've got hundreds of buildings sitting vacant, jobs left, people left. The the children and grandchildren of those who voted in the late 1970s went elsewhere because there aren't jobs for them. You can't find an apartment built in Eastlake after the late 1970s because the citizens just kept voting no. 
and they have their first residential single-family development built last year, their first one since the mid-1990s. So this is precedent-setting. There is an illustration of East Lake Ohio uh, where, where we can see very clearly the devastating consequences that putting rezonings to a public vote will have on a community. Um, and, and Scott, I guess with that, if there's anything else that you would like to say, um, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I would, Mitch. As, as a former city councilman in Springfield, I'm, I'm very disappointed. You know, our city charter does not say this is the way development works. Um, it, it says you you bring a plan to planning and zoning. They give you recommendations. You check all your boxes. It goes to two readings of city council, and they vote. And and the fact that our city council has veered away from our city charter is disappointing. And I think if the citizens of Springfield want future growth and want development and want to keep our youth, I have three daughters and, and you know, Mitch and Amanda's age, two have left Springfield, Missouri for better jobs and and other communities. And, and we need to give opportunities and housing for these young professionals that are moving to Springfield. And if we start sending every project in Springfield to a vote of the people, um, Springfield's going backwards. And, and I love Springfield. Um, been here for 50 years. Love everything about it. That's why I was on city council. That's why I own business here and send my kids to school here and and just please vote yes i mean it's it's a big deal and you're now going to hear from the lady that wants her her business and her private home and nothing else in galloway and it's a very very narrow-minded way of thinking but it's what she wants and it's what she'll tell people when she's not campaigning so that's all I got, and please vote yes. And then if people do want more information, good place to go. Yeah, so uh, if you would go to springfieldunited.org, springfieldunited.org, and go to vote yes on question one on our Facebook page. Uh, thank you for providing this opportunity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Morning, absolutely, and thanks for coming in giving your side again on it because, like I said, um, there's it's – there's a lot of depth to it on, on both sides, and so appreciate you coming in and articulating it for folks. Mitchell Jenkins, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey, everyone, it's Sam Meyer. Hey, here I am. Are you excited about Happy Hour coming up Friday? I really Retro am. Metro. I'm very excited. excited. I was telling uh, Tiny that I haven't ever ate there before, uh, yeah. so I'm excited to get some dinner and some drinks i keep going on about uh nana's stroganoff i'll have to try that so good yeah i'm pretty excited it's gonna be like a date night for me and the the husband Mm. hey and speaking about the husband and i we are going to be getting some maintenance done from my friends over at beetles property maintenance now you said they're coming out to your house today right Yeah, do some estimates i'd called uh, i think it was thursday and uh said yeah here's some things i want looked at and so the next day uh, someone contact back to set up a time and they're going to come out today and just go over it all and give me an estimate. That's exciting. Yeah, I had the Beatles property maintenance team out at my house. It's been a couple of weeks and we did like a whole list of things that I wanted done. More serious items, but there was also a list of like honeydew items and we got a whole estimate done and 
we walk through the items that need to be done first and then things that can kind of wait. And the Beatles property maintenance team, they were fantastic on making sure that we know like, hey, this is of utmost importance to take care of your home. You need to get this fixed stat. Uh, but they weren't scary about it either. So if you find yourself in a situation where you need any type of property maintenance or repair service, highly recommend my friends over at Beatles Property Maintenance. Now you can find all of the contact information for Bruce and the Beatles Property Maintenance team that's going to be housed at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. The FBI is asking a federal court to reverse its order that demanded the Bureau disclose info from a laptop belonging to Seth Rich. Remember the name Seth Rich? Seth Rich was the young guy who was a staffer for the Democratic National Committee, and he was murdered out on the streets. And it was said that it was a burglary, but nothing was taken. None of his cash was watched. Nothing was taken. There, there was no evidence that that was the motivating factor. At the same time, it was believed that Seth Rich was the individual that was downloading information and passing it along to WikiLeaks. And so, of course, then came, you know, a lot of speculation and and conspiracy theories if you will but again it to me it isn't the sort of situation where one needs to be in search of a conspiracy theory when things don't add up when you are told this is a burglary any law and order episode in the opening scene and if there's somebody that is found dead on the street and, I, I, you know, this is a scene that happens over and over and over again. And they notice, oh, they've got an expensive watch they're still wearing. Their wallet is still there. Uh, their credit cards, their cash is still. Well, clearly robbery was not the motive. Well, that we're magically supposed to believe was not the case with Seth Rich. There's been a Freedom of Information Act request regarding information that was on Seth Rich's laptop. The FBI asked for it not to be made public. Why on earth some low-level staffer at the DNC, uh, why they would care so much about keeping that information from the public and a federal judge um, has said, no, you have to. So the FBI is asking that. Will they delay it for 66 years? I, you know, that that's commonplace, right? Just a random run-of-the-mill armed robbery. The FBI steps in and tries to prevent the victim's laptop from being made public. U.S. District Judge Amos Mazant, who is an Obama appointee, ruled in September that the Bureau must hand over information from the computer to Brian Huddleston, who filed a Freedom of Information Act request for the information. The FBI asserted that a release would violate the privacy of Rich's family members. Now, this is an agency that is known for leaking information. All of a sudden, they care so desperately about not hurting the the feelings of a family member of a random robbery victim that they are using all of their resources to keep the laptop information from becoming public. Does that really seem like something that the FBI would spend their time doing? 
their assertion that the privacy interest outweigh any public interest in the Seth Rich murder was ultimately denied by Mazant, who ordered disclosure. The judge stated the Bureau failed to cite any relevant case law for their request because this isn't something that they ever do. In a new filing, U.S. attorneys are arguing that the FOIA exemptions for information that are compiled for law enforcement purposes, and quote, could reasonably be expected to disclose the identity of a confidential source. Well, this is all very odd, given that Seth Rich was just some low-level DNC staffer that didn't have any information on anybody at all, nothing whatsoever. It was just the victim of a random attack. Quote, given the court's findings that except for the information related to Seth Rich's laptop withheld pursuant to Exemption 6 and 7C based on privacy interests, the FBI properly withheld or redacted all other information responsive to Huddleston's request. The production order seemed inconsistent with the rest of the order. The motion stated the FBI previously claimed that it was not in possession of the laptop. Where have we heard that before? So the FBI was lying about possession of a laptop and also claimed that they had no information on it. Then, in 2020, the Bureau admitted that it had several thousand files from the computer. At the time, the FBI stated that it was getting the files from Seth Rich's personal laptop into a format to be reviewed. Files and other materials extracted from the laptop were provided to the FBI from a source in 2018, according to FBI records. So here, once again... The FBI at work, they have a laptop of somebody who was murdered, somebody that was said to have been providing information to WikiLeaks uh, about potential illegalities and so forth, randomly is murdered in what we're told was some sort of robbery, though he still had, there was nothing stolen from him. The FBI claims that they have no laptop, they don't know anything about a laptop, then they have to admit, oh yes, actually we do have the laptop, ask a judge to block the forced release of the information, and the judge says, no, you're not giving any sort of case law, you're not giving any sort of reason legally why this should be done. So now they're asking for it to be delayed 66 years, yes. Nothing at all to see there. And if you think any of that is suspicious, well, you are clearly a conspiracy theorist. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Secretary of State Ashcroft joins us in the upcoming hour, also news in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed. 